Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Brighton, UK with my new friend Sarah Darling of saradarling.com. Sarah moved to Brighton from Wales about 20 years ago to be closer to the seaside. She loves the laid-back style of the beach, people, and the music of the city. In this episode, we talk about the burning of the clocks parade, windsurfing in Hove Lagoon, and exploring the upside-down house. You hear about these three incredible attractions and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Brighton. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Why, thank you very much, Lee. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so today we're talking about Brighton, UK. And quite honestly, it's a city that I haven't heard of before. The only thing I've heard of that name is Brighton Beach Memoirs. I think it's like an old movie from like the 80s or something like that. And probably not even the same place, but definitely interested in learning about Brighton, UK. Wow, it's amazing. You really should. It's a fabulous place to live. So what's your connection to Brighton? I live here and I've lived here for, gosh, 20 years I have lived in London. I'm from Wales, but I moved to Brighton and I've stayed here. It's my spiritual home. It's right on the seaside, so it's just perfect. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Nothing like uh, like being right on the beach and and enjoying that, that fresh, salty air, right? Oh, it's perfect. I mean, we've got a pebbly beach. It's not like a sandy beach and it's a little bit murky, but people, there's still the hardcore people who go swimming every day, even Christmas Day, New Year's Day. And the beach is just perfect. The pebbles, that means that the sand doesn't get everywhere. And it's very, very, very popular. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, you've been in Brighton for about 20 years or so. Like, what's the thing that you love the most about it? Like, what keeps you there? Everything. I think because it's close enough to London, you can go on the train up to central London in an hour. Um, It's close to Gatwick, the airport. You can get there in 35 minutes. So that's great if you want to jet off for the weekend. We've got so many kind of artists and musicians at the seaside. We've got the pier. There's so many kind of just cool, little, boutique-y, interesting city things that are going on. But it's not big. You can walk everywhere. And we don't have an underground. It's it's just cool. It's just cool. That's what keeps me here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like a perfect spot. So you were just mentioning Gatwick and everything. So obviously, if we're going to fly, say, from the U.S., a lot of people, like they, they focus on Heathrow. But Gatwick is also a, a pretty large airport as well. And they have international flights from the U.S. arriving there, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know um, exactly where they fly to and from, but Gatwick goes, we've, there's two terminals. It's London's second largest airport, so it's kind of seen as access, and that is easily accessible to London as well because we're south, and then if you're going up to London, you can still fly into Gatwick too. You can do the boat in one trip. So we're going to fly into Gatwick, and then from there, getting to Brighton, do we rent a car? Do we take public transport, like a, an Uber? Or, or How do we get from the airport to the city? 
So easy. We've got um, two train lines, so you can just jump directly on the train at the airport, or you could hire a car. Um, it's about a 40-minute drive, or we get an Uber. The only thing, well, it's a bit of a downside of Brighton, is it's a nightmare for parking. We are super overpopulated, <laughs> and it's if you can avoid bringing a hire car, and you don't really need one in central Brighton, there's plenty of buses and plenty of taxis and Ubers around town, getting Airbnbs and hotels. A lot of them don't even have parking facilities. You don't really need a car. So ideally, you'd come by a public transport and the train station is slap bang in the middle of Brighton and it's 10 minute walk to the beach. Oh, that sounds amazing. I, I love it when I don't have to rent a car because I'm usually the one stuck driving. <laughs> Everybody else gets to have fun and look out the windows and enjoying the scenery. And I'm focused on not hitting the car in front of me, you know? So <laughs> uh, anytime I can avoid renting a car, that's awesome. And it's it's great that there's a, the public transportation, obviously, you know, renting a taxi if you need to, uh, to get there. And it's, it's good that everything's walkable. You know, I think as you experience different cities around the world, just walking around, you get to soak up so much more of that local culture and local flavors. And it's easy to see things that you may have otherwise missed as, as you're driving. And uh, if you see something you want to stop, you can just like stop walking and like turn into the door versus, oh my God, okay, where am I going to park? Where am I going to go? And then by then you've like lost the place that you were trying to find. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many side streets in Brighton with different houses or just random little boutique shops on a, on a residential street or we've got the lanes where you can't drive anyway we're super popular they're really famous in brighton for shopping then the seafront where you just want to walk along and stroll and sit and have an alfresco coffee or some food or something like that i mean i'm just addicted everywhere takes 20 minutes to walk in brighton that's what we say <laughs> <laughs> nice but it is very hilly so bear that in mind all right. Well, I mean, that's a good way to kind of work off some of the calories we're going to eat from uh, some of the places there, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's take a step back. Obviously, we, we've taken uh, now the public transportation or, or like a, a hired a car or whatever to, to get to the city. From there, where should we look at booking our hotel? Should we try to book it close to the beach, part of like downtown? Or like, is there a certain area that we should avoid? Uh, where should we book our hotel? Well, there are some beautiful hotels in Brighton. I am quite biased because I, <laughs> I've been to a few of them. But we, we're really, really lucky because we have so many tourists. There's some lovely ones on the seafront. They range from kind of luxury artist residence, uh, the number 21, Blanche House, Drake's, things like that. They're all kind of dotted along the seafront. But Brighton and Hove... It's a city. We're kind of a joined city. Um, a Brighton leads into Hove just along the seafront. So we are the same place. It's just kind of one boundary street which separates. But there is no other separation apart from that. And then there's hotels over that side of town as well. The houses are a bit bigger. There's, just, there's a lot of flats in Brighton. So the houses are ginormous or the, the ceilings are pretty high. So there's a different style of property and accommodation. But mostly it's good to kind of look by the seafront, Brighton or Hove or Kemp Town. And um, there's loads of really good Airbnbs as well. We have quite um, popular for coming down for a, I'm putting it in inverted commas, a dirty weekend. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. So like you mentioned, there's a lot of like more like boutique and like local type of hotels. 
are there also some of the, like the major name brands like Hyatt or Hilton or Marriott or anything like that? Or is it primarily one-off type of hotels? Um, we do have some of the big ones, but not so many, actually. We are known for being quite quirky, quite individual, but there are. the, the um, We've got Hilton and, yeah, the Queen's Hotel right on the seafront. Okay, that sounds good. So when we're planning our visit, like you mentioned earlier, that people go swimming <laughs> swimming at the beach pretty much 365, you know, all year long, even on Christmas. But the weather, I'm sure, kind of fluctuates quite a bit throughout the year. When's the best time of the year to, to visit? And then are there certain festivals that happen throughout the year where maybe somebody wants to plan the trip around that? Oh, gosh, yeah, the weather. <laughs> we are in our own little kind of bubble here, I would say. Because we're coastal, it does get quite windy. Uh, it can get terribly windy in the winter. But that's gorgeous on the seafront. You go and see all the waves crashing and it's really, really atmospheric. And there's some lovely pubs with fires and things like that. But generally, our summer is maybe June, July, August, September. We have like normally have a lovely Indian summer. So people come and we sit on the beach. And like I said, there's lots of alfresco dining, drinking. People go to the parks and have picnics all throughout our summer month well like even spring even now is actually beautiful so yeah leading on it, it can get super sunny and then it can get pretty cold in the winter yeah i mean it's, it's probably quite expected right there you know anytime you're in a kind of like a beach area when it gets in the, in the winter times and you get those cold breezes coming off the ocean what are some of the events that happen throughout the year that maybe like somebody wants to plan their vacation around visiting brighton one of my favorites is the May Festival, or the Fringe Festival, actually, I think it's called now. And it's where we have loads of little pop-up events for a month. And it's kind of comedy, cabaret, theatre. They're just short runs in a lot of the venues around Brighton. We have like DJs, um, music nights, and we have the Spiegel Tent, which is this massive, beautiful 1920s Art Deco construction which goes into a central park and everybody books tickets and then we have uh, loads of off-schedule events fireworks everything's ticketed and super super well organized and it's just really 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 sociable and it goes on for a whole month and then we have the great escape which is a music festival which also takes place kind of spring summertime and you get a wristband which gives you access to any of the live music gigs around town and they're kind of normally in smaller venues above pubs but we have some quite good artists quite good musicians who come to that as well oh it's it's crazy here we have um a zombie walk for halloween where everybody well not everybody but many people dress up as zombies and (laughs) just do a bit of a pub call around the lanes which is loads of fun and it's very, very communal. Lewis, which is one of our neighbouring towns, has it's famous for its bonfires. So on November the 5th, on bonfire night, they have a massive celebration and uh, loads of uh, a big procession through their town and a burning big bonfire at the end of it, which is really, really, really cool. And what else do we do? We have loads of things. Hall- uh, sorry, New Year's Eve is always good. There's fireworks on the beach and that boy slim who's a dj he normally does a party um well he's done a few secret parties so you never actually know when it is but he's uh, i've been to a few of his kind of secret beach parties 
So you never know what's going on. Oh, uh, we have um, Burning of the Clocks, which is 21st of December. There's another procession, which is super, super child friendly. And it's just really creative. Um, it's to celebrate the longest day or the short. I can't remember what that's. The shortest day, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on which hemisphere you're in, right? The shortest day if you're in the northern hemisphere, but longest if you're in the, in the southern. So. Exactly. But that's cool that it's, uh, that it's family friendly because a lot of times I travel with my young children and they're six and 10 right now. And so uh, a lot of times that I get to travel with them while my wife is working back here in, in Nashville. And so finding things that are kid friendly, that are kid appropriate and those type of things is kind of high on my list of things to do whenever I'm traveling. Oh, you'd find heaps of things to do in Brighton. So much. Right on. Okay, cool. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that we should be doing when we're visiting Brighton, aside from these things that happen throughout the year. Well, I love vintage shopping. I am a huge advocate of um, sustainable fashion and upcycling. So we have lots and lots of places to do that. Super famous or super well known. There's loads of vintage stalls around the lanes. So we've got the North Lanes and the South Lanes in Brighton. The South Lanes are where the book Brighton Rock was set. There was a lot of filming and on the seafront. But the North Lanes are where there's vintage shops selling retro, kind of just secondhand, pre-loved clothes. And they're all quite reasonable. Also, there's a load of shopping to be done off the bean track. You can go to Kemp Town, which is a little village, which is the um, I'm putting this in inverted commas, the gay area, because it's where they have pride. They have the festival in July, I believe. I'm not sure this year. And that's the kind of cordon off the streets. And there's a lot of gay bars and gay friend shops over there. And then also there's um, Hove has amazing little street for shopping. And I would advise people also to go to the Sunday market, which is a kind of insider secret. It's down on the seafront, down on the marina on the seafront. So it's possibly you'd need to jump on the bus or get a bicycle. We have the bicycles to hire. So anybody can just put like two pounds in or their credit card. You know, those ones that you just pick up and drop off. But that is a Sunday morning institution for many Brighton Brightonians where you can um, go and have a rummage in the flea market. And um, I would highly recommend anybody go and get some get something from um, or go and have a rummage at least in Snooper's Paradise which is an indoor market in the lanes in um, where you can find anything. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think I'm going to have to leak, pack ha- only half my suitcase. That way I can bring bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of things back with me, right? It's great for <laughs> shopping. It's, if you like shopping, it's a really good place. Yeah, We have boutique shops and we have a, you know, a designer shopping area as well. But um, I think many people will be surprised if they've not been to Brighton how, many, how much interesting vintage stuff that they can get. But then as well, we're famous for jewellery. <laughs> in the south lanes it's all it's full of because the lanes are so teeny teeny tiny i don't even think they've got names but they've got all the jewelry shops all the vintage and antique silver gold they can make um, wedding rings engagement rings it's just a super labyrinth of amazing antique jewelry shops that sounds like a wonderful experience it's, it's cool. <laughs> so what are some of the other things to do besides the shopping? I, I was looking in, there's something called the British Airways I-360. What is that? Yes, everybody's got to at least go on that when they visit. It's a bit of a monstrosity, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of an eyesore. And I think that I won't be the only one saying that. But nevertheless, the views are astounding. 
it's it's kind of like a pod which is right smack bang on the seafront which goes up I don't know how many how high it goes exactly but visitors come in it there's a bar or it's made of glass it looks like a spaceship it looks like a UFO but you slowly (laughs) go up and you can just see the whole of Brighton and surrounding areas it just spoils the skyline a little bit because obviously otherwise it would just be the sea view but um, it is a pretty good experience and I'd recommend that. I think it's it's a bit of a treat and it can be quite romantic. Um, and next to that, there's the upside down house, which is a house that's built upside down. So you can go in there and take some pictures. But also we have the pavilion, which is a pretty old part of Brighton based in the centre of Brighton. And it was built for a pleasure palace for King George the Fourth. And it mixes Regency grandeur with the visual style of India and China. So it looks a bit like the Taj Mahal. And again, it's it, you can go inside and inspect. It's got a lot of the original fittings and um, it's spectacular at night as well. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's very cool. So I was looking also, there's uh, obviously you can, go, you can go walk around on the pier and enjoy the views of the shore and, and the ocean, correct? Yeah. And then I guess you can go on a zip line from like one side of the the beach to the other side there's a zip line it's i've not done that actually it goes along the beach yeah it's it's fun it looks fun i'm a little bit scared of that one (laughs) (laughs) but it does exist yep there's that's there with the um there's loads of trampolines and there's kind of like a kiddies play area there's crazy golf that's directly on the beach so a little bit more like the touristy type of things right Yes, yeah. but you know, it, is, it is right on the beach next to the pier. On the pier has all the slot machines, all the fun fair rides, those kind of exciting kind of adrenaline busting things that you'd like. Then underneath sure. the pier, we have like a fortune teller, one of those traditional fairground rides, things like that. Loads of really good ice cream shops. Yeah, so you just want to walk along the promenade and there are a million and one things to do. But further along towards Kemptown and the marina side, we are actually getting um, our own open air Lido, which is going to be built by the end of, I think, by the end of this year. So we're going to have an open air swimming pool. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, right on the beach. So those who don't want to go in the sea will be able to kind of go into the Lido. Yeah, I remember uh, doing that in uh, in Australia when my wife and I went to the Sydney and uh, one of the beaches, uh, Bondi Beach over in that area, there's like a, a pool right next to the water where the water, actually the waves crash in and the water actually gets replenished into the pool from the ocean. Yeah, yeah, I did exactly that. And it was amazing. It's a very cool thing to do. Right on. Well, kind of speaking of the water, the last thing I also heard about is uh, you mentioned the town of Hove, the Hove Lagoon. I guess you can like take windsurfing lessons over there. You can, yeah. So basically, you could walk to Hove Lagoon from Brighton Pier, for example. We have the two piers. The West Pier is the pier that's broken down, and um, but it's still part of Brighton Heritage. So the, the Palace Pier is the big one with all the rides, etc. on it, and, um, you know, ice cream and candy floss. So imagine you're started at the Palace Pier, and you kind of just walked and walked and walked and walked all the way down, maybe, gosh, 5k and you'd come to Hove Lagoon which has water sports lessons Fat Boy Slim has a cafe there it's just a beautiful walk but also worth mentioning along that route is the newest beachside place which is Rockwater and we're really really excited to have it because it's got a roof terrace 
as well as decking and loads of DJs. And we're really ready for that for the summer. Oh, that sounds awesome. Before we go, I definitely don't want to miss out on talking about a couple of food places there in Brighton. So say if we're getting ready to go grab a, like a breakfast or something before we head out for the day, where would we go grab breakfast? Lots and lots and lots of yummy places for breakfast. I live in Seven Dials, so I like this. <laughs> There's a kind of salvage cafe around the corner from me, and they do great cheese toasties. I also really like breakfast in the Selena Hotel on the seafront. I remember spending the night there, and not only do they do drag bingo, but they do amazing kind of Mexican-inspired breakfasts as well. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that sounds delicious. What about if, uh, say, my wife and I are, are there and we're looking for someplace nice to go out and dinner and uh, maybe a little dancing afterwards? Where would we do that? Oh, for romance. There's so many places. Riddle and Finns is one of Brighton's most famous and fabulous and romantic places. It's like an oyster and champagne bar. So there's two of them in Brighton. It depends if you like seafood. We're quite big on seafood. Terra Terre is our oldest vegetarian restaurant. We uh, cater super well for vegetarians. Every restaurant has got like a vegan vegetarian choice because there's so many veggies here. You can pretty much ask for any type of food, to be honest. Planet India is a lovely place for vegetarian Indian food. The Giggling Squid is a lovely romantic place for Thai food. And Atelier Devan has the cutest little beer garden and it's got kind of tapasy sharing plates. So it depends what you like, really. They sound like a bunch of great options. So many different delicious options, no matter what type of food you're in the mood for. And so now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Brighton, where should they go and what should they eat? I think you've got to have fish and chips on the seafront. You've got to go to Jack and Linda's um, fish and chip shop. You're in Brighton. You've got to just have fish and chips out of a packet with your fingers or with a chip fork with loads of salt and vinegar. Nothing like having that uh, uh, that fresh seafood too. Yeah. Like you said, you mentioned that you've been in Brighton for like 20 years or so. You've got to have some great stories. What's one of your most memorable? I think actually doing yoga up the I360 is pretty good as it goes. Doing morning yoga as the sunrise rose even um, in the I360. So you're kind of doing your downward dog and then you kind of look up and you're just overlooking this beautiful ocean. That was a pretty good experience. Yeah, it's like the, you know, you're looking for nirvana and that, that sounds like uh, like you found it. Uh, it was heaven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you came down feeling very zen. That's super cool. Speaking of happy moments and, and good times, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Brighton? Cocktails wise, do you like cocktails? If you like cocktails, the Twisted Lemon used to be an amazing happy hour for um, cocktails, two for one, and it just you could get very, very, very happy. Um, <laughs> our pubs are happy all the time, actually. But a lot of people actually in Brighton drink Tuwaka. What is that? It's a liqueur. It's a shot, like tequila, but it's brown, and it's an almond liqueur that comes from Italy. And not many people... Not many people have heard about it. It's not even made it to London. It's just, it's a Brighton thing because somebody from Brighton went to Italy and just fell in love with it and decided to bring it back and bring it to the pubs around Brighton. So most pubs do a bit of an offer on those and you and you shoot it. You have it as a, just as a quick shot, like tequila, and it's fabulous. So that's my tip. 
Look up Tuwaka. Every pub, ask for a Tuwaka. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that sounds absolutely delicious because there's a almond champagne that we used to get when we lived in California from a, like a local winery there. And champagne is good. The almond champagne is amazing. And then if you mix it with orange juice, it's like the best mimosa you've ever had in your life. They're amazing. Oh, that sounds delightful. I'll look that up. <laughs> Next time you come out to the United States, we'll have to tell you where to go. One of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza spots. So what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Brighton? Fato Mama's, without a doubt. It's in the lanes. Well, actually, we have two. We have two now in Brighton. And they just do the most delicious pizza, especially kind of sourdough base. To be honest, I don't know about pepperoni, but I, I like the um, spinach and goat's cheese and olive. And it is to die for. They've got a lot of outside seating. Um, you might have to queue up for a little minute, but um, it's highly recommended. My wife, she probably gets tired of eating pepperoni pizza. <laughs> and so <laughs> she would actually love the spinach and goat cheese with, with olives. I mean, I'd probably be sitting over there with my arms crossed and frumpy because I'm <laughs> not getting my pepperoni and she'd be happier than you could be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> eating something like this, like nice and gourmet like that. <laughs> they do do pepperoni as well, I'm sure. <laughs> right on. Well, there we go. So we've met and talked about travel and everything else like that. And I know that you're a travel journalist and a podcast host. You must have some awesome travel tips. So which one are your favorite? I think for girls, if you're traveling, well, actually, it, whenever you go in a plane, wear a sports bra. <laughs> Don't have any any nasty metal underwirings because they will stick into you. So wear, wear a soft cup bra if you're traveling on a plane or any long distances. Yeah, always make sure you can switch on your Wi-Fi so you don't get caught out and take a book because even when you're sitting on your own in a cafe or a restaurant having dinner, it just keeps you company and you just don't look lost. So I always make sure that I have a book so I don't look like a lonesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that like as a lady traveling solo or anything like that, in some ways having a book kind of keeps other people away like from trying to come up and talk to you that maybe you don't really want that unwelcome advance you know yeah for sure but when you mentioned the bra obviously i don't know much about bras but <laughs> even from a man's standpoint wear comfortable clothes you, i mean you don't want to look like a slob like you just rolled out of bed but no. you're going to be in that plane kind of sitting upright unless you upgraded the business class or first class or whatever but you know you're sitting in that plane in that really that small confined space you want to be as comfortable as possible you still want to look good but you want to be as comfortable as possible so find the right type of clothes, you know, and you're going to be sitting there for a while and make sure you enjoy it. Yes. Well, Sarah, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these tips for Brighton. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do? And then if there's questions about your blog, your podcast or Brighton, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. I've had a ball. I'm, I'm quite excited now. <laughs> so I'm based in Brighton and my website is saradarling.com. My insta and my twitter is well i have two words by darling first class darling um one st first class darling and yeah anybody can ping me if anybody needs any advice i'd love to i'd love to help them out or if anybody wants to be on my pod give us a shout it's talking travels and other stuff we'll link to all this in the show notes that way anybody's listening can easily find you and, and reach out to you and check out your podcast hopefully they'll subscribe and uh, and follow you as well Again, Sarah, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing all these amazing tips. Thank you for everything. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Brilliant. Yes, do. Look me up. What a fun conversation with Sarah. 
Brighton is only 90 minutes south of London, so you should definitely plan a side trip on your next visit to the UK. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Brighton. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limited type offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we head to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma to speak with my new friend Nikki Omohundru of littlefamilyadventure.com. In this episode, Nikki and I talk about fun on the water at River Sports OKC, visiting the OKC Bombing Memorial, and spending time at the Chisholm Creek Entertainment Area. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <laughs>